A footnote from The Counterfeit God, a history of Corpus by Avon Fur Berunt. In the wake of the destruction of the Helctic Library and the consequent fall of Senya, scholars desperately tried to get a hold of its countless works. Of the monks that fled, many did so clutching scrolls, manuscripts and grimoires. There was a great demand for eulogy's secrets, and many of its refugees were able to build their lives anew from the proceeds of their smuggled books. Of course, where there is money to be made, there are those who come to make it in illicit ways. Hearing of the leather-bound riches that the evacuees carried, bandits came to steal them. There are stories of, even territories away, Outlaws demanding not coin, but bucks. Other rogues began to create counterfeits. A great shadow industry of fakes and forgeries blossomed. While most peddled shoddy imitations and bluffed about their provenance, experts made sure to replicate every detail. To their books, they would attach chains and etch telltale insignia down the spines, they would use glues to emulate the strange fusion that was the inevitable fate of all of Eulogy's tomes. This abundance of fabricated books, of course, erodes our historical record. Weak sources lead to weak history. However, there is one guaranteed way to tell if a book from Eulogy is genuine. There will be no words, not a single dot of ink or a scratch of nib will have survived. It will be as if every word has been plucked from the page. Eulogy's words had all been stolen long before the first plunderers got there. And Belka was its reluctant thief. Welcome to these Flimsy Rituals, a narrative-first role-playing podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today are Ryan Evans. Hi, I'm Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. Thryn Henderson. Hi, I'm Thryn, and you can find me on Twitter at Theron. Steve Martin. Hey, I'm Steve. And I'm on Twitter at Purple underscore Steve. And Elizabeth Simones. Hey, I'm Elizabeth. You can find me on Twitter at Games. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can follow me on Twitter at Ad T. Dixon, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals. Okay, so if I remember correctly, the situation is this. Um, you're all at the bottom of the well, and the top of it has just been closed. It's been sealed by the Oskult Carlson. How permanently, you're not sure, but it seems that that way out is close to you. I imagine you're all taking a moment after the battle down here. Briss was supporting both Belka and Charla. Belka, who is very injured, and Charla, who kind of fell asleep. I imagine Venz is stood a little bit away from that. And Callan is probably, like, just lurking at the outskirts, just... I think he's thinking to himself at the minute. Um, The Splinters, who were here with you, have already left into the hole, and I think 
the vault where the books were has closed, and I think you're just kind of in this in this space that is now suddenly quiet. There's maybe some sounds up ahead of some of the others who maybe haven't gotten out, but largely the well and the library is silent. And I think it's into this silence that Callan sort of speaks and nervously, like, clears his throat. We should talk about her, and nods towards the sleeping Charla. What's to talk about? She's one of us. Okay, but we should talk about it. That's not just Charla. Yeah, okay. Vens, this is your area of expertise, I guess. I've dealt with remnants before, but ones that inhabit people? Ones that inhabit children? Something I've not even come across before. I've tried to influence it before. I've tried to getting out but yeah how long have you known about this uh charla are you aware of any of this i don't think i'm like i'm not awake pretending to be asleep but i don't think i am so asleep like i think like the odd word is filtering in but and that will become more but not at the moment completely aware Vens, uh, what's your response? I think Vens just he says uh, it doesn't matter how long I've known. Charla did what she did to save her friends, save the people from the village. Unfortunately, this is a side effect. And until we know what it wants or why it's with Charla, that's only when we can do something about it. And until then, we'll have to just play it cool. I think um, Callan looks at Belka at this point. Belka, that, that was the thing. <laughs> I think Belka is going to cough up some blood and lean a bit more heavily on Briss. And nod ah. extremely wearily. Oh yeah, sorry about your shoulder. Nod extremely wearily to Callan and be like, "Yes." Everyone knows with it. It killed them all. It has not killed her. I don't know. I I don't know how I got out of there, but I got so close to it, and I know it means no good. No. I can't imagine that it does. But... This thing's... tale... is Charla's now, too. And we can't decide for her. It's her choice, too. Is this the first time that you're hearing of Callan getting hurt? I know we've spoken about it a lot. Callan went out into the storm as one of the first people who saw Strail with a group of hunters and was the only person that came back. 
I think that's been alluded to a couple of times through your conversations with him, but I don't... Yeah, I think Callan has alluded to it. I talked to his sibling. Yeah, um, Sov. I talked to Sov, and they kind of confirmed that they had suspicions about that as well. I think I'm making the assumption that because of Belka's abilities, they would have been able to read some amount of what happened to Callan. Not like the whole story, not the other players, but like the bits that existed in him still. I wonder whether at this point it's worth making a reader person role, just generally. Yeah, yeah, why not? I guess it depends on how much you feel like Belka can pay attention, but I feel like they probably can. I think at this point, Chala's going to start like fading back into consciousness. Okay. So how is Belka feeling right now? I think this is a sad. Because they are quite literally on death's door. And everything is going really not very well. So when you attempt to read a person and their reactions roll on a 10 plus hold 3, on a center 9 hold 1. Spend hold 1 for 1 to ask several questions. That is a 7. Just scraped it. Um, so you get one question. Uh, so the options are, are they telling the truth? What are they feeling right now? What are their intentions? What do they want from me? What tribute could I offer to get them to blank? You don't have to use this right away, but you can if you want. I think I am going to use it now, because I think I want to know Callan's intentions, because I think there's a lot of tension in this room over Chala that could go a lot of ways. That makes sense. Okay, so I think you get the sense that Callan is asking this both from, like, a position of fear about the caravan, I think. Like, it's his duty to worry about the caravan and threats to it. But I think there is, like, a deeper fear. One of the things that you kind of read and put together is that Callan got extremely close to Strail. Like, he wasn't just under threat from, like, the edges of the remnant. Like, I think if you looked into his eye, you'd see, like, almost the hint of, like, a piece of ice in there, but, like, maybe faded out. And I think because he's just seen this, like, web of spirit raised up and he's seen the power that Chala has, I think he's kind of torn. Because I think he agrees with you entirely, like all of you, that Chala is a person that is from the village and that he likes and that he wants to protect and he does want to protect Chala. But I think he's also weighing up how much protecting Chala might risk the other people in the caravan. I think he's weighing up whether this is a good time to put any kind of plans in action, whether there's something they can do to like split the child and the remnant, or, like, a place. They could take Charla that is away from the rest of the caravan if that needed to happen. I think he's, like, interested in exploring those options. Okay, well, that all sounds quite reasonable. What was the last thing that Belka said? <laughs> uh, I can't remember. We We can't decide for her what we do. I know. I wouldn't want to choose for her. I just... 
didn't know if we should talk so that we can work together so we can guide her and he kind of like almost seems to like shrink away a little bit as he's kind of having to like take on a position that he's not really comfortable in i think burke is just gonna look really proud of him and like pat him on the shoulder with their hand but unfortunately it just leaves like a horrible blood mess so it's probably not quite as encouraging as they wanted it to be I think as you do that, he also like looks at you and like looks at are you wearing the amulet? Um, I think it's just like gripped in one of their hands, like that the other hand that they haven't been using is like white knuckled around this tombstone thing. Okay, I think he he looks at that. And you can tell that he has a question there, but he thinks better of asking it. When Belka notices him looking at it, they look down at it and look surprised, almost, like they'd forgotten it was there. And then uh, I think they just pull a thread out of their scarf, probably from where it's been like torn by this blade. Um, and there's loose ones, and they wrap it a couple of times around the amulet, and then tie it to their horns with all the bells and charms that are already up there. I think Callan kind of mutters, like, a curse under his breath, probably just says, like, shadow guide us, and... I think that Belka actually does laugh, and just kind of goes, we guide ourselves now. I think, um, Briss just kind of looks down at Chala to make sure she's still, like unconscious has sort of been trying to feel for any waking up and says quietly um Carl, if it helps i want this fucking thing out of her as well i don't know what it is and i don't know what it wants i just want charla back i'm with you does ven say anything i think ven's is just maybe more preoccupied with getting out of the hole. He already knows about everything that's going on with Charla and feels not indifferent about it, but knows there's nothing he can do right now. So if anything, I think that whilst all this conversation has been going on, he's wandered over and is looking down the hole. Um, that's extremely fair. I feel like Callan nods a little in response to Briss. And probably, like, kneels down and just ruffles Charla's hair a little bit. And then walks over to Vance. I think what you can see is um, all of the chains seem to head down into this hole. They all seem to, like, lead here. You can't really see from up here where any of this leads. I think Vens turns to Callan and says, I'm not sure we have much choice. Once we reach that central mass of chains, I'm not sure where we'll be heading from there, but since there's nowhere for us to go up here. The Oscol did say it was, well, there was a way out somewhere down here. I assume this is it. 
the Orskult hasn't been entirely useful. Well, yeah. So are you paying attention, Vince? Yeah, let's see what my old eyes can see. So when you spend a moment to pay attention to what around you, roll. On a 10 plus, ask 3. On a 7 to 9, ask 1. When you act on an answer, take a plus 1 forward. So I think Vens is feeling pretty calm right now. Sort of after everything that's happened. He's just nice and chilled out and looking down the hall. With all the dead bodies around you and Belka bleeding out. Like good old times. That's a nine. Uh, So you get to ask one. The questions are, what's the best way in, out, past? What here is useful to me? What's the most dangerous thing here? What is being overlooked? What, if anything, doesn't belong here? Or what beliefs and superstitions exist about blank? What's the best way out of here? I mean, I think you already know that. Okay, maybe that I'd change that. What's, What's the best way past this, if that makes sense? The best way through this? Sure, that's interesting. Because I feel like bringing someone carrying in a conscious girl as we slide down these trains isn't going to be very easy. Also, hook shoulder and the broken goat ain't going to go very fast either. I think as you're looking at it, I know that we've sort of established that snarls and like vents aren't necessarily the best at reading the strands of fate that kind of weave their way through the world, but I think it's very obvious to you this place is magical. And I think it's very obvious to you that like entering and climbing down is not is not gonna be like a physical climbing through the chains. I think actually maybe you like pull some stuff together that you hadn't really noticed or thought of before. But, like, seeing all of the chains in this library and seeing that they all kind of lead into here, um, you kind of realise that you've been seeing chains everywhere through Senya. Both in terms of, like, physical metal things, but, like, more often just in terms of, like, on the gravestones there will be, like, iconography and symbols, maybe, like, around the bottom of a stone lid or, you know, like, in a circle on the top of, like, a gravestone. And you get the sense that this place is almost like a nexus, like a hub that Seastra uses uh, to like move around. In the same way that you, you saw the people come down the mountain, right? The envoys. This has a very similar feel. Does... This is very questionable, but... Could... Could Vence get away with just jumping in? <laughs> I think you'd still have to grab onto chains, just because there's so many of them, or at least they will catch you anyway. But you get the sense that those chains will all lead somewhere. And you ask, like, what's the best way past? And I think the sense you get is the best way past this is to be focused and to be level-headed and not panic and either see where these chains guide you, or try and think about the place where you want to be, and try and work a way through. 
so I think Venz turns around to everyone and says, where do we actually want to go when we get out of here? Because I, I think this will take us anywhere in Senya. Back to the others. I I can't think of any anywhere else we need to be. We we need we need to find find our people again. Do you remember where they are, Bruce? Well, yeah, I know where. I know where we left the caravan. They should still be there. I know the clearing. I can get us there once as soon as we're out. Are you saying this this could take us straight there? I think if you focus on where we're going, you'll just lead us out there. Or nearby at least. This this isn't really my 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 thing. What? Thinking? This sounds like magic or No, it's it's not magic, Briss, it's if you focus on where we need to be I think Seastra will lead us out. And Seastra's the, the, the chains? Eh, kind of. Okay. I think Seastra uses those to get around. I think it's part of them. But yes. To answer your question, yes. Cool. Uh, are, are you sure? I I can. This this really isn't. Um. What if something goes wrong? If something goes wrong, we don't have a lot of other options. So, we'll just come out somewhere else in Senya, and then we'll work it out from there. <laughs> okay. 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 I'll take Belka. Just. Okay, you thanks. lead the way. Um, I think I'm gonna look around the others a little bit, sort of questioningly, like almost silently asking, "Are you sure you want me to be doing this?" Like, and then sort of hoist Challer up on one hip with the wounded arm and grab onto one of the chains and start sort of rappelling down into the hole. By this point, Chala is is roused, is, is awake. Um, so Chala can actually, I can actually like move myself. Is this, is this before I start climbing or? I think when you go, when you go to like pick me up. Hey, um, are you... Are you okay? No. Oh, Chala. Um. Are you? Are you you? Yes. Okay. I've always been me. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Okay. Um. Can you climb? Yes. <sighs> well, apparently we need to climb down here. So, Vince, like, I don't, do we all have to think about it, or did just me, or, 
How does this whole thing work? Nobody else knows where the caravan is but you. <sighs> right. Charla, just in case, I need you to think about Corin or your parents, or... Apparently this will take us to wherever we need to go, and I'm going to do my best to bring us as close to the caravan as possible, but I think it's probably a good idea if everyone's focusing on something around there. Maybe? I'll try. Briss, just just hold the chain. I just, like, I don't trust this, okay? And she's going to grab on. Is Belka doing anything at the minute? Bleeding. (laughs) Slowly passing out. I'm very, very wounded. Are they aware of this conversation? Uh, I think vaguely. Like, I think at this point I've been one away from mortal wounded for a good few hours now, possibly. Have we had time to patch them up? I am going to need some serious healthcare. Can I I do anything? Because of the cookbook. Because like the whole thing of um, Chala helped watch over Vilta and do all of the helping of with Tamil of healing people before. That seems reasonable now that Chala's awake. I think the thing is, what I need is some stitches. Oh, I see. Well, that doesn't seem like I don't know what we have. Well, I've always got thread. I can tell you that much. Like, I think it's reasonable that you could at least... Do something. Yeah, bandages and stuff. It's maybe you could risk doing stitches? I think Chala will ask Belka what Belka's okay with Chala doing. Because I think also, <laughs> like... Yeah, I think Briss and Callan would also know how to do some amount of first yeah, aid. that seems reasonable. Well, I think Chala... Now being awake, we'll go over to Belka and show Belka a page in the cookbook. Go, look, do you want me to do this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think uh, Belka would be happy for Callan or Briss to just like, probably not Briss. Briss, you also need help. Um, pretty happy for Callan to just bandage it up and then keep going. I think partially because... This is not the time for intensive healthcare. This is definitely time to get out of here. And also because I think it's maybe more interesting if Belka is not super capable of focusing (laughs) in this moment. Okay. I think, yeah, I think your wounds have been sort of like bandaged and seen to you they're not going to get any worse I think is the thing I didn't even realise that was the thing that could happen I mean they can't really but if you took damage in the future that might be a way that gets explained okay essentially they are kind of at a point where like the bleeding has not been stopped but has been stemmed and things like that okay so I'm not removing any wounds yeah you're not removing anything okay. but I think as a character and like through like the fiction, you're probably in a better space to kind of act. You're still not well, I guess, but yeah. Okay, um so you're going into the hole. Apparently so. What does this look like in terms of you as a group? Um, if Chala will let me, um I'm sort of climbing down alongside her. 
as close as possible so that if she slips or anything, I can catch her. What, do you think I'm going to go somewhere else? She doesn't say this, but I am thinking it. <laughs> Briss is going, oh, I hope, I hope she doesn't end up somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's fine for Briss to try and help. Um, and yeah, I think Briss is leading, climbing down. So you all kind of climb down separately and just kind of... I can't conceive of a way in which we would climb down together, like holding hands or anything. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't think we can exactly keep keep contact with it unless we're sort of standing on each other's shoulders or something. I could tie us all together. Yeah. If you wanted. Belka, don't you want me don't you want to like ride on my back like a backpack? <laughs> Isn't Belka canonically like six foot two or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> a very large backpack. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I could theoretically tie us together. I think it's not going to support anyone if they fall or anything. No, but it gives us that bond, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a, a thin piece of string from everyone's wrist to the next person. It's a symbolic attachment at best. I think that would actually make me feel a lot better. Is this like the string from your scarf that you use for this? Yeah, because I like that symbolism. Okay, um, so we know that Briss and Chala are the first two people. What order do the rest of you go? I imagine Callan might go at the back. Probably go before Callan then. And Ven's in the middle. So, I think one by one, you begin to climb out over the chains. I think you find one that's like quite like thick and heavy, in which you can kind of get your hands into like the links, into the holes in the links of the chains and kind of work your way across. Briss climbs down to the knot in the centre. Um, Charlo's probably like halfway between and you all begin to kind of meet at the central point where the chains like cluster together and then begin to go out in different directions. And I think Briss climbs to the middle and Charlo climbs to the middle and then Vens and Belka and then the moment that Callan like grips the chains and lowers himself down, everything just suddenly shifts. The chains become like snakes, and I imagine you're all, you know, holding different ones just to keep your balance. And it's almost as if you're all whipped apart in different directions, as if the thing has come alive. So I've written a custom move for this section, and it's as follows. When you follow the chains, state truthfully the person, object, or place within Seastra's reach that most occupies your desires, and roll. On a templus, you reach the thing intended. On a seven to nine, the fates offer a choice or say how the thing is not as you imagined. On a miss, the fates determine where you end up. So, I guess truthfully from each of you, where does your character most want to be in Senya right now? Belka, do you do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I think, like in this particular moment, not completely with it. I guess I think the thinking of a lot of things like the the parish and and Vilta and the farm 
um, that Tilla owns and home and a lot of kind of places they've been that were less horrible than here. But I think the strongest memory in their mind from the past couple of days or weeks is going to be that um, Foic grave that they sat and studied just by themselves in the quiet okay. where Kalan found them and they kind of had that nice little heart to heart with Kalan and then Kalan agreed to start making that gravestone for them that is now Doya's library, I guess. I think they've they've just got this really weirdly intense memory of that moment of Kalan saying, yeah, I could make you that and thinking, huh, well, that sure turned out different than I thought. And just how like peaceful that brief moment was. Okay, and how is Belka feeling right now? I think peaceful. Okay. Uh, would you like to make your roll? Sure. Let's do it. That is a seven. Okay. I'll come back to you in a second. I'll let everyone describe where they're going in their role and see how they all play out before saying how things change. Who would like to go next? Sure. Okay. What is at the centre of, like, Gris's thoughts and desires at the minute? I think, as much as I'd like to say Corin, that's not what she's thinking of. <laughs> oh no. It's it's not. It's just... I mean, we all know that to not be true. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as she's concerned, she needs to focus on bringing people back to the place she left the caravan, but what she's really thinking about is... The caravan itself, the people, the, this this home that they've found, um, the family that they've kind of started creating, and about where they're going to go next and how she's going to keep everyone together and basically the, the sense of home, the sense of familiarity that the caravan itself, not the place... The caravan. And how is Briss feeling? Um, I think as soon as we all get pulled apart, she kind of grabs at the at the bit of string that was sort of symbolically holding us together, um, to see if that's gone. Like, is it still tense? Is it has it gone slack? What's going on with that? Because that kind of informs how she's feeling. Yeah, that makes sense. I think this thing like happens very quickly, but as you look down at this piece of string that should be on your wrist, I think instead you see that there is like a very thin, very fine chain wrapped around your wrist, like a bracelet. In that case, scared. <laughs> okay. This this whole situation wasn't what she was ready for, and that little connection was the thing that was giving her any, you know, a bit of reassurance about this whole situation. So yeah, it's going to be scared. That's a nine. And who would like to go next? I'm happy to go next. I think Venz is thinking about how it would be nice to just be maybe sat by that waterfall reading the book. Okay. In a sense that he wants some something peaceful after all this. Maybe even some time by himself. Sure. 
and maybe that's what he's looking forward to doing once he gets out of here and maybe that's what he's thinking about just being by that waterfall reading the book seeing what Sarah Page said that makes sense um, and how is Vans feeling? I think still quite peaceful after everything that's happened just trudging through it and wants to get out sort of thing He's not scared by any of this? Not really. I think he was more intimidated. He was more scared when he was up against Zender. And now that he knows that that's been dealt with, he feels like this is something much more in his his remit, so to speak. That's extremely fair. Eleven. And you get to take the plus one forward as well. Um, And finally, Charla. So, this is complicated. Very, yes. Because I don't think Chala wants to be anywhere she's been recently with anyone she's been with recently at all. That's fair. Like, you can say a person, object, or place. And, like, that could be a feeling like, I just want to be away from everyone, is a place, right? uh, Yeah, it's... With, she's just been, in her mind, everyone's turned against her. Oh no. Like, the village basically was so hostile that she had to leave. Ayav and Shu were trying to distract her so she couldn't get to the thing that she wanted. Her parents didn't trust her to do the thing that she wanted and actually had people following her around trying to confuse her Aloma sucks (laughs) none of the people in the well were useful and a lot of them were really mean and even after everything that happened at the bottom of the well somehow Belka took away the entire library which was the whole point of being there so Chala doesn't want to follow where Belka is? I guess part of, like, there's, like, wanting to follow where that library goes, but there's also a a huge, I don't want to be with any of these people anymore. Okay. And they don't want to be with me. Charles, such a teenager. I know. I know. (laughs) Such a teenager. Yeah, I guess the only place Chala could be thinking about, the only object, would be that amulet. Okay. But there's a really, really strong feeling of, I don't want to be with any of these people anymore. And is that stronger? I think so, because Strail's probably quite weak, and Strail's more interested in the library. And does this include Strail? Yeah, I imagine it would. I don't. I don't think Strail's as much of... I don't want to be with these people anymore, but none of the places we've been recently have been very useful. I mean more like, is Strail one of the people you don't want to be with? Oh, oh. No, Strail's definitely included in that, because Strail, okay. the most recent experience with Strail was showing of Nanut. So even Strail, who Chala has really stuck by, just... Is terrible. Yeah, that's fair. 
everyone, everyone just really sucks. <laughs> apart from Prickle, the ice weasel. Apart from the weasel, and apart from the Akant. Those are the only two good things in this entire world. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure how this would affect Strail and whether you can be rid of Strail that easy. I'm just curious to see how the dice roll. Yeah, I I assume not. That would be far too easy. And also, I still like Strail. Um, did you want to make your roll? Yeah. So, emotion is somewhere between scared, sad, mad. And which one is the strongest? Kind of all... Um, it feels like mad is the one that you describe the most in like okay. your thoughts, but I don't want to force you down one of them. We can go with mad. It, it's basically like the angry cry. Yeah. And that's a nine. Oh, good. I did not want to roll well there. I really didn't. <laughs> that was the one time I did not want Just to like, roll please well. Please don't let me roll well. So yeah, people, I think keeping the plus one forward for Vens makes sense, because it does seem to just apply for that person, but it's up to you. Um, Do you want a complication, or do you want it to go where you were thinking? Complication, please. This is a bad plan. I think a complication makes sense, considering, like... Briss has just been pulled out of her comfort zone with thinking that she was supposed to be leading people and then everyone's just vanished, panicking. Actually, I might bump it up to a 10 because I think Charla's strength of will right now is at that level of obsession when you can only feel that one thing. I feel like that's probably really strong, but I can also be convinced that a complication is exciting and interesting, so we should do that instead. I can give you it and then you can be like, no, I want it as I see it. That seems like okay. a good compromise. Cool. Um, so yeah, you've got like a 0.5 forward. <laughs> Should we go through what's happening? Yep, let's go. I feel like you're grabbing at things without really knowing what you're doing. You all get a sense of like, here is the thing that you want. And you can see that chain and you can reach through that chain, but other ones get in the way and it's so hard. You're going so fast and none of this is quite real you have that like thought in your head like am i even me right now uh sabris you wanted to go to the caravan right yeah the people so i think you're like pulled back quite sharply towards uh where the caravan is i don't know if you see that but like that's what's happening but I think as you get closer, you get a sense of something else. You get almost like a flash or a vision. I think whatever controls these chains sees a hint of a desire in you. And you get the flash of an image. And I think it's an image of a woman. And you don't know her, but she is tall. Uh, she's wearing full plate armor. She's got like shaved hair with kind of like, like kind of like an undercut, and it's like long on top and marbled green skin with a scar across her nose. She is carrying like a huge sword, and 
I think you get a flash of her being in Senya. You can see the graves and trees around her. And you don't know how you know. Maybe it's a little bit like you've heard through rumours, but it's almost as if you're being told this. But she's a jackal. And she is in Senya. And if you just grab onto that chain, you'll be face to face with her. I think as an audience, we recognise this as Raoul Estvelin, who was the one that Vens met at the show. And I'm very much drawing on your belief of I'll never forgive the jackals for what they took from us. Yep. You sod. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I think Briss reaches for it. And one hand goes to her sword at the same time. And just before she grabs it, she gets a memory of handing the little stone knife to Corin, and hesitates for just a second. And then she remembers all the people that were around when she was handing it to him. Nilkat and Callan and Iov and Shu and all the other capable people, and how Maddie and Kaelin had been looking after themselves, and how um, Cast had been recovering pretty well. And she sees Corin surrounded by this new family, and she grabs on to this other chain towards the jackal. And Charla. Yep. <laughs> you're kind of carried on through your anger. And your rage and your fear and your hurt. And it's less like the chains are pulling you, but you're almost working with the chains to like pull yourself towards a place. I think the thing that you see as you do this, like not really caring where you go, as long as it's not towards anyone that you know or have met in the last few days, in the last few weeks, is you can see a clearing at the very edge of Senya. Strail is flashing images towards you of of the envoy of, of the ice bear that you summoned so recently, of the people that you brought back from the dead, Savelle and Venren, that are kind of now bonded to Strail. And you get the sense that Strail is asking you to go there, alone other than them. Your choice, because I think that choice is there, is would you rather be totally alone instead? What are Strail's emotions? What 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 emotion am I getting from Strail? Mm. Is this begging? Is this desperate? Is this... I think Strail is a few things at the minute. I think Strail is incredibly tired and worn down and almost like a shadow of itself. I think it's also kind of scared. It's scared that it doesn't necessarily have all of the control that it would like. It's scared that its relationship with you is seemingly fractured. I think it is also underlying all of that hopeful. This kind of wild hope. It sees the people or like beings gathered in the clearing and it sees a chance to kind of be on its journey. 
to find the thing that it has been looking for for so long. And as much as is kind of worried about his relationship with you, if Charla did desperately want to go on her own, I don't think Strail would see it coming. Because I think Strail still thinks it has leverage over you. What a good pair. Mm. Is it possible that Chala ends up kind of not trapped in the chains, but going around in circles in the chains for a little bit longer? And then we decide, and then we leap pick it up at the next time. Yeah. It's almost like if a piece of film was glitching between two shots that were kind of being like inverted vertically. So like at one moment Charlo is holding this chain on the left, and another moment Charlo's holding this chain on the right, flicking between those two. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And we'll leave her there for now. So who was next on the chains? Was it Vens? I think I'm the sandwich fill in. So you rolled a twelve. Yeah. Big nums. So you think about the waterfall, and I think that's where you're carried. I think, compared to everyone else here, although maybe not Belka, you have a little bit more control. You're able to kind of draw on your experience of like manipulating the strings and threads of fate, and you can kind of guide where you're going a little bit. Do you feel like any regret that you've chosen a place that is different to where you told everyone else to choose? No, I think that... I don't think Venz wanted to split off from the group, but maybe he genuinely thought that just having Briss leading them to the place they needed to go would be enough, if that makes any sense. Sure. He was just thinking about what he was going to do once they got there. Was the waterfall close to the caravan? I feel like it was. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't far away. Yes, I feel like even going there, it's not like you're going like, I want to be 20 miles away from the rest of these people. It's just, I want this moment. Yeah. So yeah, I think we probably get that moment of like Ven's guiding himself through the chains. And then what does it look like when you arrive there? I think it feels better for me to just suddenly be there. Okay. Almost even like sat under a tree or sat on a rock next to the the waterfall or by like a with the area where the water pools. Yeah, probably like I'm imagining like you're maybe at the top looking down and it's peaceful right now. Yeah, you're sat under a tree and I think as you kind of arrive like your left hand is stretched backwards holding a chain that is kind of like coiled around that tree. I think you're the only person here. The only things around you are a few birds dipping down to catch the flies that circle near the water. And Belka. So you rolled a seven, right? Oh, I did. Okay. Um, and you were aiming for that Voic grave. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they were specifically thinking about the grave as a place so much as that moment in time. My feeling here is, as you're, like, kind of pulled along, like Venge, you're probably pretty good at guiding your way. This isn't too dissimilar from when you 
changed some of the strings of fate a few moments before. But I think also as you're heading there, you have like another thought across your mind. And you think about the two envoys that you met there. You think about Memento and Mori. And I think that thought like lets, lets them in. You see a chain curl towards you, almost like like a hand reaching out to you. And you're not sure how you know this, but you know there is Memento. Extending a reach, guiding you through, asking you to follow. I think Belko would take that chain with basically no hesitation. I think they they didn't want to get to the grave so much as they were thinking about the concept of that Voak grave, the idea of caring about something so deeply that you dedicate your entire afterlife to being a monument to it. Like That moment was when they kind of started contemplating their mortality in a way, I guess. It's when they asked Kalon for that symbolic tombstone to kind of seal off their old life and start this new one and... I think that's how Belka has lived since leaving the hearts, just taking any hand that's outstretched and seeing where it goes. And it was Filter, and now it's Memento, I guess. Okay. I think for now, we leave on a closing shot of, of the well, of the library that has been the centre of our attention for so long. Other than the shuffling of the odd monk that has been caught down here, the dying rattle of the chains after they carried you wherever they were carrying you, there is no real sound, there is no real anything here. The place has been sealed off, its memories gone. Just the well, just the hole, a void beneath the monastery.